Welcome to Black and White, a place where we educate, advocate and amplify Indigenous knowledges, ways of being and thinking. It is an opportunity to bridge the gap and translate between two worlds, initially for educators but more importantly allies and people who want to listen, learn, unlearn and relearn. A place that removes fear and answers those questions one is afraid to ask where we walk together on a learning journey. Bayajul Budri Yagaragu Yora Yora Nura Burang Bayajul Budri Yagaragu Burangad Burani Yagu Barubagu Yoragu Bayajul Budri Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander Yora Noragu Bimal Wayangagu I speak well of the Yagara people the people belonging to this country where we record the podcast. I speak well of the old ones, past, present, and the future people. I speak well of my elders, of my ancestors, of the Darug people, as well as all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people towards country and Mother Earth. I acknowledge and I recognise all Indigenous people across the world. Welcome back to Black and White. I'm Nathan. I've got Tammy with me here. Uh, Warami, Nathan, and everybody else. Um, so, we had a pretty eventful week. We went up to Gary, obviously. Came back on the Tuesday, and we went straight to Lawn Bowls. <laughs> um, where our son plays Lawn Bowls, so talking about walking in two worlds, sort of dragged us into it a bit. So we had a, we had a game of pairs, me and Tammy. Got smashed because we're not very good at it at the moment. But it was good to see some Indigenous people on the green. There was, I think, five Indigenous people out of 50. So that'd be 10% of the numbers were Indigenous, which is very, very unusual. Um, And three quarters of that mob were actually dressed in some sort of clothing. Yeah, which was good. To identify. Yeah, exactly. So I suppose we start off... um, how was your week, Tam? Um, Anything eventful? Or? No, week was pretty good. Um, I guess I'm more excited about this week coming, which is NADOC week. Um, lots of different things happen this week for MOB and by MOB. So that's something that maybe what, we could talk about. Yeah, what's NADOC week? Is that a celebration of your people? or? Yeah, it is. Um, what well, we spoke about last week with the fact that William Cooper was one of the first sort of Indigenous activists for our people. Oh, he started the movement. He led the way. Led the way. Absolutely. Um, And then, you know, because there was lots of different organisations starting to come into into play there to represent MOB, um, it, it grew from a day of mourning which was, you know, a, a protest day into a celebration of culture, and that was in 1955. Yeah, cool. So, so back then it was just called NADOC, so the National Aborigines Day Observance Committee, and it was held on the second Sunday in July, and it was a way of remembering Aboriginal people and their heritage, but... After that, in 1972, the Department of Aboriginal Affairs was formed. And then in 1974, NADOC, 
was actually composed entirely of Aboriginal people the first time. Prior to that, it was um, not Aboriginal-led. Okay. Much like most things, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and um, they decided in 1974 that it should cover a week. And so after that, in 1984, there was call for it to be a public holiday. But, of course, that was shut down. Yep, okay. as it would be. As it would be. And, um, you know, if we fast forward a little bit, in 1991, it became NADOC. It became the National Aborigines and Islanders Day Observance Committee, or NADOC. And each year, a theme is chosen. And so this year is for our elders. Who chooses the theme? Does that come from the hierarchy? Not hierarchy, because you don't really have a hierarchy, but... Yeah, it's definitely a body. So the, yeah. the body that chooses the theme is the National NADOC Committee, okay. um, which includes representatives from most states and territories. Prior to that, it the committee was run by ATSIC, which was the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Commission, but that was disbanded by the government in 2004-2005, so now it's just run by representatives okay. of states. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So I guess for me, like, NADOC is important because it's a place where we don't have any cultural load. We can be with MOB to celebrate MOB, to recognise each other and not have to worry how we're perceived. Yeah. We, we get to rep up in our colours and, and, I guess, be us. And this year's theme for our elders is particularly important because our knowledge is our ways of being and doing are really shaped by the knowledge passed down from us and that's from our elders, from our knowledge keepers. So without our elders, we don't, we don't have that history. Yeah. And so it's about recognising our elders as custodians and stewards of knowledge of um, significance in our culture. Yeah, right. So before we get into the, the show and some questions, a bit more lighthearted this week. So going off the back of that, I've heard the terms uh, my auntie, uncle, traditional owners, elders. But what does all that mean? So what's an auntie, what's an uncle? Should I be calling them that? Um, an elder? What? Who is who is an elder? All that sort of stuff. Can you explain that to me? Yeah. So, I guess people can be elders, um, but they can't always be traditional owners. People can be elders, but they don't always have to be a traditional owner. No. So, traditional owner is an elder that's recognised by the people. Um, of the country which they belong, okay? Yeah. So I'm Darug. That would mean that an elder who comes from our land could be recognised as a traditional owner. However, elder is a respectful term also given to someone who is older, who has been recognised and ha- as having some wisdom, and so there will be elders within our community which have been elected and supported by that country's people, 
as as someone who we look up to. So, so they they chosen they by the people. Yeah, they they've been taught the right ways that they have. Um, they embody. Yeah. Uh, the respect and and what we stand for, and so that's the difference with an elder. Yeah. Um, and when you're writing, elder or traditional owner, it's all capitalised. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, an auntie versus an uncle is something that we say out of respect. So, so do you have to say, this is my uncle Joe or my uncle Pete? Like, Yeah, it, it's just really respectful to recognise them as people who are more knowledgeable than yourself. Some people get quite offended if they're called an auntie or an uncle. And so it's always best to check, would you, would you mind if I call you Uncle Joe or Uncle okay. Lex? Yeah. You know, but, but it is definitely a recognition of the person, their knowledge, their wisdom, and their ability to guide us. Okay. Yeah. So, so then, then we've got the terms like, Aborigines, Aboriginal, mm. Torres Strait. So, so what? First Nations, First Indigenous. Nations. Yeah. So, what should I? What should we say when we are talking about them? Could we? Do we call them Aborigines? Is, yeah. So, there's lots of different ways that we get or mob get referenced. Okay. Um, there is definitely some more correct ways of identifying. So, never ever shorten anything into an acronym. We often see ATSI, so Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander. Um, it is one of the most disrespectful things you can do um, as an acronym in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, because I'm on a building site and I know there's derogatory terms mm. and there's, they're still being used. Absolutely. And it, it's, yeah, and sometimes there's Indigenous people there and they feel the need to fit in. So even they might well, it, It's yeah. not just the fact of need to fit in, well, it's the fact that you don't want to raise your no, hand no, and no, yeah, bring about additional... Well, yeah, there's a hundred Europeans smarts. usually and one Indigenous worker. Like constructions, it's really underrepresented, like everything with Indigenous people, but... I, I don't see oh there's there's not many indigenous tradesmen on site. Yeah. And yeah, I, I hear It's a very um heavy industry for systemic racism as yeah, well. Yeah, it, right? it's got better. Yeah. But it's nowhere near it needs to be. I mean, probably I would say at least once a week, at least, like it's probably more than that, I will hear derogatory terms used you might see a indigenous person walking past or you know there's the stereotype so and i, I know see. that in the past when i have worn some sort of clothing that represents mob oh yeah i have automatically been pushed in front of I have had comments said to me, even with our children present, just because I was wearing a shirt. So that there's absolutely that underlying tone that's out there. But 
I guess this is why I say language is so important. So, you know, if, if it always surprises me, even in our government um, school system, the data is collected around ATSI. It's like, well, hang on a minute. We're not even walking the talk that we say about inclusion and diversity. Yeah. So never, ever shorten anything to an acronym, first and foremost. Okay. Um, Aboriginal, Torres Strait Islander, Indigenous, First Nations are all terms that have been given to us by colonisation, the settlers and the people who have come here. Yeah. I think we said back in episode one that we identify usually, and this is a generalisation because every person is different and have different levels of comfort, by our mob. So I'm Darug and I'm a proud Darug woman. Okay. Yeah. But... There will be certain spaces where the term Indigenous is used to include all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. I know um, in a global Indigenous cohort, IndigiX, that I'm so proudly a part of, we use the term Indigenous peoples because of the diversity of the groups there. But it's an agreed term. It's something that we then break down and define as part of that process. Whereas in other spaces, the term indigenous, because of the definition by the word alone, is around those who are native to that area, site, etc. Yeah. And so people think, oh, well, I've been born here, therefore I am, I am from this land. Well, yeah. No, and so that misrepresents what Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people... Yeah, are, are there resources to to help us understand that and back this up? Like, can I find readings or books or oh, there's, t- TV there's, shows? Like, There's an enormous amount of information out there around how to use these terms correctly. But the best advice I can give you is we are human beings... We should be built on forming relationships. Yeah, like I can just go up and ask someone, can't I? Like, yeah. I, I, I... And, and lead with, I don't want to be disrespectful. I actually would like to know how you would like me to identify you. And Is are, they, it... are they fine? Like Indigenous people fine with that? Oh, everyone that I've ever done that to, absolutely. Okay. You know, it, it's about how you approach it. And, you know, look, when you say I want to be respectful to you and, and, and what your beliefs are, which, you know, is pretty considerate, yeah. Um, and I don't think unreasonable, then that's a really important conversation to have. The term Aborigine, for me personally, is so outdated. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't like, find that... I find I, I have a physical reaction yeah, when I Yeah, I don't that. find that a nice word. I don't know why, but I, I actually have a couple of friends that, that they're, they live in the dark ages. They're not, they're not quite all there with modern society. And they, they say, well, how's it... How's the Aborigines going? Like, how's... Yeah. What, what are these Aborigines and, doing? I'm like, and for the... me, the reason I find it so derogatory is because of the reference to um, Aborigines as part of that colonisation process. The Aborigines Protection Act, for example, that we spoke about last week. So yeah. that's the reason I do not find it um, a comfortable term. It's, it's actually offensive and derogatory by my terminology yeah and and i would hope that we have moved past that um unfortunately there are other terms you know we we mentioned one last week that 
thankfully doesn't get used uh, anymore, but even our son has experienced um, being on the receiving end at, at 12 years old. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. Has been spoken about and referenced to as an abo, and then the same individual well, uh, referenced so, Tori. Yeah, like, uh, that is not acceptable. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to be disrespectful here, but I have um, like Italian builders I work for, and they they call me Skip, which is like you know back in this country we had a show. It was called Skippy the Bush Kangaroo. So the kangaroo significant to Australia, and they go, "Hey, Skip, what are you doing over here?" Or Skip, get over here and do this. Mm. I don't find that offensive, like oh, I don't. But but we're but, not talking about a term that underpins numerous policies of discrimination, systemic racism that that is so, so backed that, yeah. by that. So that's why that's where it comes from is the systemic racism, I suppose. Whereas I don't have that. Well, it's the it's what set us up as a country that we were the lesser class people. We but, were. But most people would say, "Why uncivilized? Why, why can't you just get over it? What what's the, that's but, that's what they'd say." And people do say that constantly. You know, it was only a, a couple of weeks ago that I I had that question asked of me, and and it was also stated, "Well, I didn't do anything wrong." Well, the reality is. Yes, this happened a, a couple of hundred years ago um, when Australia, our so-called country's name, was discovered, yet the ongoing effects still occur today. You know, we, we represent just over 3%. If we think about our population in Australia, think of an upside-down triangle. Okay, so this, and when I say the population in Australia, I'm predominantly talking about the Western world at the moment in terms of the white fellas. Okay, those statistics. So the upside down triangle where there is growing aging population. So that's where we're heaviest up the top. However, now flip that triangle and that represents Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. So our mob, we have more children and something, some statistic like this, 50% of our population are deemed youth or younger. And then we have such a limited number of seniors because we just die off too quickly because our bodies are not used to all the different substances we now put in our bodies that traditionally we never even had access to. Um, you know, the, the, the different lifestyle choices that have been imposed on us so we talk about um, back when we were paid in opium and paid in liquor for, for wages. What did they think was going to happen? Of course our people would be addicted yeah, we, to this. Yeah, we spoke about that last week. Absolutely. So that there's children still being taken from their homes. But do you, do you think, in a personal opinion, there's enough support to help beat not beat this. It's not a. It's not a disease or anything like that. But to to help you thrive, do you think there's enough support behind you? I think the problem is people don't know enough about our people, our history, and who we are and our way of being. Uh, I think that's a real issue, and sometimes it is arrogance. 
um, majority of times it is arrogance, but there's a lot of people out there that just don't know. And, and that's why this podcast is so important to me, because I think once people understand the truth telling on what's it's behind where we are and how we got to where we are right now, there'll be hopefully more people listening and start looking at things with a different light. Yeah, so, yeah. so the closing the gap, for example. Yeah, it's it's a report that we hear about every year with all these reforms, and Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are seen constantly in a deficit light. Well, the reality is, by whose measures are they? They're not ours. Yeah, well, that's what I say. I say, I say like, um, success is measured by expectation. Well, the expectation here are determined by the Westerners, by the colonisers and the settlers yeah, but, but, yeah, who and, are in charge. But, that, but the, the expectation is we want to meet this, this, this and this gold. Well, they haven't met any of them, so it's not successful. No. And the reason we haven't met any of them because we haven't engaged Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as part of the decision-making process. They haven't engaged them to determine the right solutions for their people and their country. But, yeah, I don't understand this. Like, so I, I'm an ice hockey fan. I, I, it's weird. I live in Australia, but I watch a lot of ice hockey. I follow Los Angeles Kings. I'm going to break this down as simple as I can in my language and what I think should happen moving forward. I'm not being disrespectful to anybody here. This is just me, my simple brain using it and describing it the best I can. Los Angeles Kings, which is a team I barrack for, 2017, bottom of the pit, they're going nowhere, they're, the message is lost with the players, with the room, the coaching staff is stale. What they do is they sack everyone, they clean house, CEO gone, operations manager gone, coach gone, the players, they strip back the whole team, they burn the barn down as they call it, they get rid of everybody. From there they go out, with, let's hire a new CEO, new general operations manager, we hire a new coach. We draft the players we want. We get fresh blood from here, here, here. And we get people that will so build... So new perspectives. New perspectives. We build a culture, right? They have a set plan in place within five years. Guess what? They are contenders. They are now a contender to win the Stanley Cup. So, in... so that has resulted from a real... Cutting of the cord That's like, and, and going and ripping off the band aid, accepting yeah, yeah, that, that we're not in a great place. They accept it. They accept the position. But moving forward, being uncomfortable initially. Yeah, we have to. We have to do this. And and what they say is, they go to the fans. And they say, "This is our plan. This is what we're doing. Don't be upset. We won't be a contender for five years, but we will be." So there's a level of commitment. Oh, they commit hundred percent. 100%. They rebuild. They get new blood. In comparison, there's another team, Vancouver Canucks. Vancouver, in exactly the same position, right? They sack multiple coaches, but never change the general manager. They never change the operations manager. They oh, bleed in, bleed out. New players dance around the subject. They... 
they Sorry, be reactive, just little. Yeah, tack put on here, put band aid there. there. Guess what? Twelve years later, they're in the same position they were previously. They haven't gone forward at all. Is it? If anything, they've gone backwards because they haven't burnt the barn down. They haven't gone and gone. You know what? This doesn't work. Let's start again. So my question is. Why can't we burn the barn down? Why can't we start again? Why can't we just go, this is this doesn't work. Change the constitution. Like, just, can, why can't we rewrite more, the constitution? It goes more than that, right? Um, I think we have, we have people in our communities who are allies, who are supportive of and recognise our history which has been extremely destructive to Aboriginal people and Torres Strait Islander people and the culture. We have people in our communities who understand that, who are non-Indigenous and I guess this is why this podcast is necessary to be able to hopefully expand that growing body of people in a way that is not intrusive because I, I do believe there's lots of people out there who want to understand, who who need to be able to so burn it, burn, digest this. Burn it down. Why, why can't we start fresh? Why can't we just go, right, there's a line in the sand and we start from scratch. We're only 200 and odd years old as a recognised country or when settlers came here. And this is this discussion around... Um, Uluru's the statement from the heart, voice, treaty, and truth. Uh, uh, what's that and mean? Like, so that they want a voice. There's about the voice enshrined in the constitution. There's the recognition of indigenous peoples as being the landowners through a treaty, and then also truth telling. That's the three elements of the statement well, of why, heart. Why are you drip-feeding them for that? Like, why, why is... That's like saying, oh... Because I guess the people in power, we'll as it stands them. right now, who are elected by our public, are not in favour of these. Yeah, this is, but this is the problem. That's, they're elected by the public because they're the last ones left. We don't... You go ask 90% of Australians out there... Oh, do you like the government at the moment? They're probably going to go, not really, but they were the only ones left. I mean, don't get me wrong, Albanese's trying to change it. I, I think, and regardless of which way you vote, he's he's putting it out there. And it's so hard because there's roadblocks. Yeah, yeah there's roadblocks everywhere. Why have we got roadblocks? Why can't we just get rid of all these dipshits and start fresh? And it's interesting you say that because a fellow by the name of Michael Mansell, he's a representative on the Aboriginal Land Council of Tasmania, which was like a body established in the early 90s. He's actually stating that as an alternative to the voice, and he's not saying he's not supporting the voice, but as an alternative, we should consider making Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, our sovereign people, form the seventh state or territory in our so-called Australia, yeah, well, it, our system. So it, it's funny you say that. Um, me being a weirdo, I'm watching ESPN last night. 
and there's the World Lacrosse Championships on. It's like field hockey, ice hockey. They're all rolled into one. They have these sticks. They shoot at goals. Imagine water polo, but with a stick in your hand shooting for gold. I'm watching the the World Championships. There's a team in there. There's also an Australian team too. No, there's an Australian team, yeah. So we have a, an Australian team. So it's the semi-final, and I'm, I'm watching it going, Canada, yeah, I know what Canada is, yep, versus Honda Shoney. I'm like, Honda Shoney? Who the hell is that? I go Google Honda Shoney. It's, it's a nation made up of six different clans within America or North America. So I think it stretches up. So these are the indigenous people? It's the indigenous people that have their own nation called the Honda Shoney. I'm like, oh, I've never heard of these people. So they create their own nation. And I, th- I think... I'm sorry if I'm wrong here. I think the American government was based off their sort of principles. So they have this, um, they have law, they have nature. There's three things they they go by. And I was shocked. I'm like, how can they even be a country or a nation? But they are a recognised nation. I didn't even know this. It existed. And I guess it's been created no, no different to the reasons why we're currently advocating yeah, so, so for a different view. It's around that long-term empowerment and our people being able to have the power to be self-determining. Yeah, but they've got their own passports. They have their own passports. They live within North America. And they could... Do you know, do you know though, that we had those as well... So the Aboriginal Provincial Government, the APG, was actually formed in 1990. It was established on the principles of Aboriginal sovereignty, self-determination and self-government. And thanks to my German Jane who posted this on Facebook because I, I didn't know. And, you know, I should add that all these things we're talking about, it's because of our own discovery and where we are in our cultural journey. And... We're each in very different spaces, so I thank German for for this, um, because we too had an Aboriginal passport, and so I, I believe she was um, going to see if uh, she can utilise that exiting the yeah, country. Yeah, but I'll tell you a fun fact about the Honda Shoney people. There's a there was a World Games, I think it was last year. It was in Birmingham, and. Or sorry, it could have been last year. They got re- they got recognised. They were able to compete. I think. I think it was ten, twelve years ago. There was a lacrosse championship over in England. The Honda Shoney people don't have an American passport. They don't have a Canadian passport. They have their own passport. So they've been granted to play in this lacrosse championship as their own nation, which they are. Guess what? English step in. Oh, no, sorry. You don't hold a recognised passport. Yeah, no, we do. We've got our own passport. Oh, no, sorry. You need to go get a Canadian or a US passport. You know what the team did? They didn't do it. They forfeited. They forfeited the right to compete because they stood by their culture. Then fast forward, 
well, not just their culture, but their sovereignty. Yeah. And this is not New Age stuff. We've always had this sovereignty as Indigenous peoples of the world. We have been colonised. Yeah. But then, but then they go to compete. I, th- I think this is last year. And same thing happens. IOC, I believe, gone International in. Olympic Committee. Yeah, and said, no, sorry, you can't compete. We don't recognise you. Or is it the the world body? Oh, world body. I don't, I don't know the facts of this properly, but then they were overruled, might have been by the IOC or the world governing body, whoever, has overruled the decision. Then they said, no, they can compete. They can use their passports. They can come over. They can compete in this championship. I think it was the World Games. And the problem being, but in the lacrosse, they'd already put eight teams in. So they were going to be the ninth team. Well, wouldn't that mean that there's like an odd number? Yeah, so there's, so there's an something? odd number. So they don't want to buy and they don't, they don't want someone sitting on the sideline. So this sounds like what happens to us all the time as Indigenous people. Yes, but. Yeah. Or yes, but now you need to jump over this hurdle, this hurdle, this hurdle, jump through this hoop, and then you'll be able to get a grant. Or yeah. then you'll be able to do something. So, so, so they've been granted, right? But they can't play now because, oh, sorry, there's only eight teams left. Guess what happens? The Irish stand up and go, well, you know what? The Honda Shoney people are better lacrosse players than us. They founded the game. They invented it. Take our spot. Ireland pulled out. They let the Honda Shoney people oh, compete. So it shows that there is good in the world. And the good on the Irish. They recognise this. That's, that's awesome. And, yeah. that's, and this is what I'm saying. I actually think there's some incredible people out here and I have hope that when we walk together and there are a number of people already walking with us as allies. You're an example, Nath. Yeah. Um, but when we walk together, we can actually achieve some really good things, impactful things that change the dialogue, that change the narrative for Aboriginal people, that change the outcomes for our children and our children's children. But keep doing the things that we've always done and just slightly tweaking the versions of it, we keep getting the same results. Yeah, that's that's why that, we're still experiencing colonisation. That's why I'm saying... Like, three, four generations ago. That's why I was saying before, just... I just don't understand why we just can't set it alight and burn it all down and start again. Well, I don't think we can quite set our country alight. That's not... No, really like, it, it it's just an acronym or... Yeah, a metaphor metaphor for that it. thing, yeah. But, but the reality is, if we take the time to understand an alternative worldview, that to which most people are comfortable for, and the reality is that they're only comfortable because that's what their lived experience is. But if you are prepared to open your eyes, open your ears, open your heart, and learn that there may be another way, learn that there were other ways of doing things that worked, then you have the ability to unlearn your truths in order to relearn and make a different impact in the future. And I say listen or hear what is different. Learn about it, dig deeper, ask your questions. Unlearn your ways of being, thinking and doing. 
and then have the courage to relearn and put them into action. There's a lot of people out there who are wanting to do that, but they just need their hand held or guided in the right direction around how to go about that. And then there are others who will always be the naysayers, but usually yeah, but that's 20% that, of the population. Yeah, but do you think, but do you think oh, over time, it's a bad term, but they're, they're almost breeding out like they're they who the, oh, I'm talking about the people that are not you know in favor of giving you people a voice and all that sort of stuff I think the world's changing I, th- I think we're finally starting to see people recognize mm. indigenous people but does it I, I guess we're still missing a seat at the table to be able to influence where we need to around policies and procedures it's that systemic stuff is where the gap still exists yeah and that's within institutions like education systems that's within businesses and companies that's within governments at every level there actually needs to be a voice advocacy and agency so actually give them power don't just play lip service or be you know as we we joke around in mob terminology is around oh we're the token black fella sitting at the table i've been that person give us a real voice and give us the power to change it and that is self-determination and walk with us under our terms so that we can help our people, our children. So together we can actually create a future we'd be proud of. Yeah, obviously, 100%. But going on to other questions and myths, I suppose, as well. I hear a lot of people, and this is where they get their back up, white Australians, oh, you know, these Indigenous people... They just get handouts. They they get money. They get money for doing nothing. They can sit at home on their ass, or they can you know they the government gives them money and all they do is drink beer and gamble it away. How much money have you received from from the government for being black? <laughs> the the money that I've received is four hundred dollars. And the reason I received that $400 because I was seen as a black fella studying at university. But the, the myths are that you receive all this money. It's rubbish. It's rubbish. So let's acknowledge the fact that... So, so do you have a 2% home loan? Apparently there's this 2% That's rubbish. bullshit home loan that exists. No. I've never heard of it, never seen it. Um, so what's your, where's your home loan? Like with a normal bank? Yep. Okay. So I had a hex debt like everybody else. So you had a hex debt as well? Yeah. And it, so you received no received, weekly payment from the government? I received nothing from the government. Where's this, Where's it come from then? Where's the... I, I think it's um, an element that is stereotyped through the media where we're portrayed in a negative or deficit light. I think... Um, there is probably an element of historical information here too where people have been paid out in recognition of damages 
uh, of past colonised practices. So what's the damages there? Like the all sorts of loss there's of all, income because of oh, there's slavery. Cycle. Yeah, yeah, you know, there's lots of different stuff. Um, that, that's a whole episode in itself. But the, the simplicity of the matter is I don't know a black fella that gets any payments for nothing. These are payments that any other Australian, by our government standards, has access to. Um, you know, obviously there is things like AB study, yeah, which but, is a there's, separate. There's all. It's the same, exactly. Yeah. But I guess if your people were so mistreated historically and continue to be. If we added a compensation for that, I definitely should be getting some money. I definitely should be paid out for um, the damage done to loss of culture, loss of language, not knowing my family history, the trauma, the intergenerational trauma that's been passed down. But I don't... The people I surround myself with... That's not the language we talk about. That's not that's not who we are. We're committed to a future yeah. that we can create, that we can be proud of. It's not yeah, about yeah. the I mean, money. Did, it's not did, about did the people, I believe, were never about money. No. The money came in, obviously. We traded us. with artifacts and tools and weapons that helped us survive in harmony amongst mobs and clans. That was our currency. This concept of money came with the settlers. Yeah. We created systems and governments, by, you know, Western terms, based on reciprocity, where we both had something to gain from a relationship. It's not based on the status or the hierarchical nature of anything. We're circle people because... We each have something of value to add. We each have a role to play based on our skill set, based on our experience. And when we work together in unity, that's how we've been able to be the world's oldest living civilization. In, you know, that's incredible in itself. Yeah. 65,000 plus years, it's been proved that we've been able to do that. So to me, that's not a system that was broken. Yeah, that's funny. It's funny. You say that because I'm. I saw a little uh, photo from this week. Must have been online, and talking about work walking in two worlds, indigenous people. But there was an animal of some sort, um, and there was a human, obviously colonized human being, and he he walks up to the animal and goes, "I've got a job," and the animal goes, "Well, I don't," and then the the human goes, "You've got no money." And the animal goes, well, neither do you. So uh, what I'm saying is, like, you, this in society today, we work so hard. All we do is pay bills. We yeah. exist. We exist. So the, We don't thrive. The animals out flourish. in the, you know, the elements environment, you know, hasn't got a care in the world. Hasn't, hasn't got a job. Doesn't have to worry. All he's got to worry about is food. And he's happy. And supporting the system around him, yeah. you know, which is a given. You Whereas know. the the dickhead human goes to work for 10 hours a day, 
to pay his bills, to eat, and then he's got nothing left anyway. So, you know, is it really that different, I suppose? And that's the thing. What we're doing right now isn't working, so let's change that narrative. Let's go from surviving, consider another way, or at least look at things more objectively so that we can flourish and thrive as a individual, as a community, as a society in general. Yeah, exactly. So for our listeners, because I don't want to have this too long a podcast for you, maybe this week I want you to consider your own information diet. So that's what you see and hear and have access to. And think about following some blackfellas on Facebook, following some black businesses, purchasing someone and supporting someone during NADOC week. Look, look up Honda Shoney. <laughs> it's, it's the same as what's happening basically happened and that's the thing this this concept of colonization has happened and is continuing to happen all around the globe it's just australia in some ways is a bit late to the party um canada new zealand they're, they're ahead of us in a lot of ways and so now's the time to do something about it i'll pop some links in the show notes to be able to suggest some people to follow and support so until next week that's it till next week have a great week um what are we doing asabi oh i'm going to play lawn bowls i am going to play the western game um i got roped into playing with my son in a penance game as a reserve now i'm the super sub so super sub sub. (laughs) that's me but yeah till next week um you want to say goodbye uh, Budgeri Naba Wanya. See you later. Didjo Gora for listening or thank you for listening. Catch ya.